Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 5, Episode 1, Polygamous Death Threat. This episode opens with Cody explaining, over some dramatic music, how a year and a half ago they moved from Utah to Vegas. Initially, they just could not find homes for the family when they got there. Janelle explains that when she first told her older kids that they were moving and to Vegas, the kids were devastated. It was horrible. They flash back to the scene of Cody dropping the bomb over his gathered family, telling them they would be moving to Vegas. The kids look shocked. They look distraught at hearing the news. They seem utterly devastated. In this flashback, the fearless leader assures his flock, telling them, because of the investigation, they are moving to Las Vegas. As the kids express their emotions, their shock, Cody assures them, they will go there, they will start a new life, they will get new friends, no big deal. Cody reassures his family, their world will look totally different in a month. Yes, that's comforting. Change is such a comfort. Uprooting children is just so easy. What a comfort that all is. Cody explains how when they first got here, the kids had a hard time. They refused to accept the move to Vegas. They show scenes of the kids crying, expressing that they just don't want to be here. They want to go home when they first get to the vacation rental in Vegas. Mary explains that when she first told Leo that they were moving to Vegas, Leo took it very hard. They flash back to Leo pleading with their dad to please stay in Utah to continue their school. And Cody tells them, where we go one, we go all. And he says, when the kids are 18, they can make their own choices. Cody explains how the family culture, since they've been in Vegas, has been crumbling. And Mary explains the difference, how back in Lehigh, the kids lived in one house, they all had access to each other, all the time. They were each other's best friends. So this move to Vegas has been a big change for the kids being separated in these four separate houses. Christine wants the kids to get back together again and she admits they have struggled since the move and she says the adults have struggled too. So Christine is really looking forward to getting these houses so they can all get back together again. What a contrast to later seasons when Cody insisted he wanted to build one house in Flagstaff and the dynamic had disintegrated so much that Christine really wasn't interested in sharing one home with her sister wives and Cody. Cody explains how tough it's been. They've been looking for homes for a year and a half. They were looking for a place to build or a place to buy and then they found the cul-de-sac. So now they are trying to qualify for financing for the four homes. There's a flashback to the scene of each wife writing a check, picking their plot of land, so now they can hold the lots for 30 days so the Browns can get their financing in order. Cody explains that there's a big push for them to straighten out their credit. In just 30 days, they need to be able to give the builder an approval letter for financing for each wife for each plot of land. Janelle explains that if they don't get their qualifications in order before the 30 days is up, the builder has no responsibility to them to hold the properties. So if one of the houses sells, 
it's game over. If one property sells, that's it. They need four homes altogether or they won't get any of them. So it's all or nothing. Christine mentions that she has never lived on her own before. She knows it sounds ridiculous, but ever since she got married, Janelle has been the one to take care of all of the finances and all of the bills. So Christine has never had to pay bills herself. She's never paid bills. She's never made utility payments. She's never paid rent on her own. And Christine says it's not fun. Christine just doesn't like it. And for that reason alone, she would always want to live with someone. Wow, how far Christine has come. Christine says that she's okay as far as qualifying for a home. Her credit is actually decent, and she says she has to build it a little bit. But the problem is they need four homes, and her credit is okay, and Mary's credit is okay. But Janelle and Robin, in particular, don't have a good credit score right now. They have a lot they have to do in order to fix their credit, to bring it high enough to be approved. Christine doesn't know if Robin can even improve her credit because Christine says Robin had an ex and she went through a divorce. And Christine says a lot happened and she doesn't even know all that happened. But she says if they didn't get these houses as a result of the bad credit with especially Robin, it would be devastating. So firstly, Christine and Mary probably have good credit because Janelle was the one in charge of covering them financially, supporting most of their lives, paying their bills. So that's probably why Janelle's credit has suffered. She probably sacrificed her own personal credit to support them, and that sucks. I know Christine was super young when she got married and she really never lived on her own. And in that culture, probably, I'm assuming the husband handles all of the bills and the money stuff. But Christine's parents really should have been responsible enough to teach her about dollars and cents, budgeting, paying bills, credit, and responsibilities. Because we learned this episode that she just forgot to pay her water bill. It just skipped her mind. And she also made a couple late payments on her car. And it seems like the money was there. Christine just forgot. It skipped her mind. So that's an issue because if you rack up a bunch of late payments, it definitely affects your credit score. Paying bills isn't hard, obviously. The money is there for Christine to pay them. But when you're a grown, middle-aged woman who has never had to pay bills, and this is your first time really on your own in that sense, I'm sure that it's daunting. It's kind of sad to see that this woman, who was the heart of the family, a woman who was very capable a woman who is a very amazing caregiver and a phenomenal mother at middle age is just having to learn to pay bills and be responsible in that way. How sheltered she must have been. Those things seem to have just been Janelle's area, just like caregiving was Christine's purview. And Janelle really sacrificed a lot, her own credit even, for Christine and Mary to have that good credit that they have. Let's also remember how much Janelle sacrificed And how, when it was time for Janelle to possibly use the joint family account that Christine and Robin were able to rely on to purchase homes, Janelle was not extended that option to pay off the land by Cody after all she sacrificed for Cody and the whole family. I also want to point out that it seems to me like Christine feels like they might not get these homes 
specifically because of Robin, and she excuses Robin's bad credit situation as her having been through a divorce and her having an ex. Christine says she doesn't even know everything that happened. If Robin really cared for this family, why wasn't she honest about the debts that she was coming in with that ultimately the sister wives really had to be the ones probably to shoulder? And why wasn't she honest about her financial situation and the extent of it with all the wives? It was going to affect all of them. And she was basically a liability coming in and everyone had to pay for her and she provided very little to nothing back. So I really don't understand why Robin wasn't transparent with everyone. And it seems like a lot of the debt was for things like Victoria's Secret and unnecessary things. It doesn't seem like it was all just about Robin taking care of her kids. It seems like Robin wasn't very savvy with spending money. And I just wonder what all those massive amounts of debts were spent on. Was it really spent on survival and for her kids and for necessities? Or was it spent on Victoria's Secret and stuff that are novelty items that you don't really need? Steen seems to know that if they don't get the homes, it's Robin's financial situation that would be what prevents them. So I really wonder how clear Robin was with the family about her financial issues and how that might affect the group when she was taking so much from the family's finite resources. Robin really wasn't working to contribute really other than doing the filming. And she, of course, had her business, My Sister Wife's Closet, her failed dream. And that was a further hit for the family's resources. So What did Robin contribute financially to the group and to the family? Because it really looks like she was a huge financial liability who was more than comfortable taking all she could financially from the family, attention-wise from Cody, and she also took the legal wife status to secure herself because Robin came into this family for Robin, in my opinion. If she came in for the family, she would have contributed. Not with empty words, but with cold, hard cash, with gainful employment to give back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also, Christine mentioned Robin's credit was like that because she went through a divorce. She had an ex. Was the ex the one who insisted that she spend the price of a car on Victoria's Secret lingerie? Was the ex the one who advised Robin to use three different aliases to get away with racking up more debt and more debt? I understand that Robin mentions to settle the divorce she agreed to take on the debt. But the debt seems to be on stuff she bought that she basically didn't need. Novelty shit, like thousands and thousands of dollars in Victoria's Secret crap and other junk. For her best customer service, probably. If it was for stuff she actually needed, like to raise her kids, like for example, the crib she tells Cody she never had for any of her kids with her ex, then it would make sense. But it seems to me like this woman spent her money on junk, and now she has not only legal wife status, but her goblin's lair paid for mostly by Janelle and her ex-sister wives. And she has zero debt. She actually has more coins now 
and a nanny too. Something Christine really could have used when she was overwhelmed with the kids. But Cody would never consider that because Christine was not the soulmate wife with the best customer service. I hope Robin put that Victoria's Secret to good use. Cody explains that the challenge of cleaning up their credit, they would never have done. It's just too much. But they really need these homes, so they're making an effort to clean this up. But this may be the most important dream they ever buy into. Robbing explains that her credit is in horrible shape. Everything in her credit report was good, and then suddenly, notice how she says suddenly, even though she had three aliases and 10 million different credit accounts. So suddenly, everything just dropped and it went bad. So Robin is really nervous. Robin is scared about trying to repair her credit and fix it in the time they have. Robin worries about digging everything up. She's super nervous because she doesn't know what this will entail. So Robin is meeting with a lawyer to see what the first step is that she can do to fix things. Robin tells the lawyer that she's here for debt issues. She was divorced, and in the divorce, she took responsibility for a lot of the debt. Robin was divorced in 2008, and the divorce decree said that Robin would be the one responsible, and Robin agreed to it because she wanted to keep the peace. Robin explains how after her divorce, she was the single working mom, and she had three kids. It was tough. Robin explains that now she's trying to qualify for a home loan. So she is trying to quickly raise her credit score to 600 because that is what the loan officer said she needs to have at minimum for her credit score. Robin needs someone to go in and work with her creditors to get it as low as possible so she can try to pay down her debt. In confessional, Mary is seated next to Robin. Mary tries to comfort Robin. She explains how none of them are looking at each other, pointing the finger, holding them up just because they have bad credit. Mary explains that they're all working together just like they do in every other aspect of their family. I wonder if Mary means that they're working together to pay off Robin's debt for her. Cody is really hoping that as a family, that the sum of their whole is greater than the sum of their individual parts. With financing the four separate homes, that's not really how it works. The financing for each home stands on the credit of each wife, not on the finances of the whole family combined. Also, it seems to me like Cody and Robin think that the solution is for all the wives and Cody to come together to pay off Robin's debt so they can qualify. That's what it feels like. Robin is all about being a family when they cover her debts, when they pay for her McMansion. But she wasn't all about the family when she disrespects Cody's kids, when she creates resentment for Cody with the narrative that the family is against her, when she plays the needy damsel in distress, needing to monopolize all of Cody's time. Let's remember in Vegas when Christine was saying that Cody needs to invest more time with her, he needs to be more present with her, when Cody is spending most of his time meeting Robin's needs to the detriment of Christine and Cody's marriage. And around this time, Cody stopped being intimate with Mary, as they like to put it. They like to call it intimacy. Now, when Robin was talking shit about Christine, to Cody, having Cody repeat these things to Janelle to try and turn Janelle against Christine. 
so that she and Janelle could become besties in her delusional mind. How all about the family was that really when most of the kids in the family really value Christine as a mother, whether she's with Cody or not? What about when Robin disrespected Gabe and Garrison or when she referred to Isabel as stupid for wanting to go back to school senior year? The family definitely has Robin's back, but it doesn't seem to me like Robin has theirs. Robin asks the lawyer if they can make progress in the next two weeks. And the lawyer says maybe some can get done in a week, but other debts may not be settled in Robin's timeline of a few weeks. How many debts does this goblin have? She keeps referring to her divorce, but isn't she the one who spent the money? Maybe her husband did too, but from what we have seen, this plethora of debts was on material things. It wasn't necessarily for stuff for her kids, for her family. How does lingerie help Robin's kids? And I shudder to think what other crap that mountain of debt was spent on. Robin claims she never even ever had a crib for her first three kids. She never had a crib even. They were so broke, but she could buy lingerie and rack up debt after debt after debt with three different aliases. She could get lingerie, but not a crib. Robin wants to deflect and she wants to remove accountability from herself and her bad choices, maybe even impulsive spending habits and her poor financial decisions by stating, oh, I had a divorce. Maybe some of this debt is her husband's that she took on. But how much was hers and where did this money go? It seems to me like it was for frivolous things. Maybe those creepy Christmas angels and decor that she puts in the goblin's lair. Maybe she spent a fortune on Mary's Christmas figurine of sisters that she probably bought at Hallmark. Robin keeps referencing the divorce, how hard it was. That was in 2008. Could she really not figure out anything to improve her financial situation before now, which is around 2011, when they were filming this? And it aired in 2012. In three years, she knew it was this bad, and she did nothing about her credit. And now, to get these homes for the family, the wives and Cody probably have to come together to bail Robin out of this mess that she is in. So it doesn't affect them, and it doesn't affect their promise to the kids that they will get these homes. Robin seems to take zero accountability. She blames the divorce, the struggle. But it doesn't seem that the debt was spent to survive. It seems like it was spent on frivolity. Also, notice, Robin wants sympathy for her divorce here. She wants understanding. But let's remember how understanding Robin was towards Christine when Christine was divorcing Cody. When Robin herself, as a divorcee in a difficult marriage, has been in Christine's shoes. Robin wants understanding for her divorce here, but she didn't have very much understanding for Christine. Now, did she? Robin didn't extend empathy to Christine in getting her divorce. She called Christine a liar twice in her own home. She attempted to discredit Christine and invalidate her experiences of her marriage to Cody. She refused to acknowledge Christine as divorced. And she suggested Christine didn't work as hard as she did in her first marriage to make it work. There was all kinds of poison of the foulest nature spewing from Robin's mouth. But here, her divorce can serve as a deflection from her accountability in her bad credit. Her divorce is used to garner sympathy. 
If Robin wants understanding, where was her understanding to a woman in the same situation as she was in with her first husband? A woman, Christine, who really just wanted to be free. Robin could have been understanding. She understood Christine's feelings. Instead, she chose to criticize Christine and discount her. She chose to disrespect her. So she has sympathy for divorce only when it's her experiencing it. And we are all supposed to connect with that, apparently. Robin says she just wants to move on, and she doesn't want her past marriage affecting her future. Again, her bad credit isn't necessarily correlated to her divorce. Her bad credit is because of her choices and the way she managed her life and the financial choices she made and her spending. That's not necessarily because of the divorce or all because of her ex. But she wants to blame the divorce and not herself. Robin explains to the lawyer that she always gets scared. She always gets nervous when there is a possibility of her previous marriage affecting the family now. Was Robin clear with all of the wives and Cody about her financial situation before she married in? Was she totally transparent upon marrying Cody with all of this? Did the wives know what they were taking on? The next step is for Robin to meet with her lawyer's credit repair guy to see if he can fix her credit to get this loan. Robin thinks the lawyer will help to figure this out. They only have a couple weeks left now. Robin says her worst case scenario is if she doesn't qualify, but the other wives do. Robin knows they're all in this together, but she doesn't want it to be her who stops everybody from moving into these homes. Next, Janelle meets Mona at the property. Janelle has huge decisions to make. She went to the model house with Mona to figure out ways to keep her costs down. Notice, Janelle isn't worried about luxuries like extra rooms and wet bars. She actually needs the extra rooms, and she's trying to figure out ways in this model home to cut costs. That's how aware she is of spending. That's how practical she is. That's how responsible this woman is. She actually has six kids and could use the bedrooms and the huge home. And she doesn't want that. She wants to save money where Mary was happy to take the wet bar and the extra rooms. So that's very interesting because obviously we all know all of the finances ultimately will fall on Janelle and slightly on Cody. Although I feel primarily things mostly fall on Janelle. So Janelle is at this model house with Mona, the realtor, to figure out ways to keep her costs down. And Janelle explains, when you add bedrooms, you add cost. In her part of the family, they really don't spend lots of time in their bedrooms. They spend most of their time in the common areas. So Janelle explains to Mona, the model house is way too big, especially with all of her kids leaving. Logan is going to be living in the dorms, and she says that Cody thinks They should have the five bedrooms upstairs and they should convert the office space into a bedroom for Savannah. And Janelle thinks that that's ridiculous. She thinks Cody believes all of their kids will be home forever. And she says it's great for him to think that. Janelle knows that's not happening. Janelle is very practical. She cuts through the bullshit. Janelle even prefers for her boys to share a bedroom to cut costs. Janelle says she looks at the next 10 years and her kids will mostly be gone. Janelle might skip having a dining room even. Janelle says through the years, their money has always been divided across the family. And Janelle points out she always made more money than the other sister wives. 
And she would resent when Mary would think, I get this, or I will do this, or I can spend money on this expensive thing. When Mary was spending money on something that Janelle herself couldn't afford, even though she was the one doing all the work, because she was paying for such a big chunk of the whole household. What a huge responsibility laid on Janelle's shoulders. In other words, Janelle grew resentful because she was busting her ass, working 24-7, making all the money, giving her hard-earned money to the other wives, and everyone got equal. And because Mary had less expenses with one child, all that extra money she could go buy expensive stuff with or do expensive things that Janelle couldn't even afford because she was the one giving Mary and the other sister wives the money that she worked so hard to make. And Janelle had six kids on the same budget as Mary, who had one child. Mary wouldn't have all those luxuries and that great credit if it wasn't for Janelle. And Janelle couldn't have those luxuries herself when she was the one working, busting her ass to make the money. Janelle explains that when they moved to Vegas, Mary insisted on looking at homes as big as theirs, even though she only had one child and she really didn't need the space. And the family was in desperate financial times. We have to remember the whole family was uprooted. Janelle wasn't necessarily working right away. She wasn't making as much money and it fell on her to handle the finances. And Cody may have done marketing here and there, but that wasn't the bulk of what was supporting the family. And Robin was doing this My Sister Wife's Closet that had costs. So it was really a lot falling on Janelle. And Mary couldn't even make the sacrifice when times were desperate financially to just take a smaller space, at least in the rental, just for a short time so that it would be easier for Janelle and everyone else to make ends meet. And that feels a little selfish to me. Janelle explains that Mary's home, though, has been a huge blessing for the family. And recently, Mary verbalized that she did not want to be judged for only having one child. She didn't want to be penalized for it. So they flash back to the scene of Mary crying, saying it's been made clear to her that she doesn't need as big of a home as the other sister wives. And so she should not be choosing it since they were in desperate financial times. And Mary says if she had had her say, she would have needed a seven bedroom home because she would have had eight kids. So then when Janelle heard Mary express her feelings and how frustrated she was and how sad she felt, she no longer cared what Mary did and she was fine with it. Janelle wants a huge pantry and she buys in bulk because it's cheaper, of course. She explains that they will each get the same budgets for their homes. And she says it is more difficult to accommodate the needs of her size of a family or Christine's size of a family. Of course, Janelle and Christine each have six kids on the same budget as Mary gets with one child. But the flip side is that it's unfair to Mary to penalize her for a choice that she did not make because Mary wanted to have more children. So this is inherently an unfair situation any way you look at it. So for their family, the best solution was to divide the resources equally. I understand how ideally in a situation with multiple wives, everyone should get the same. However, in a situation where they just moved and they are in desperate times financially, and there is really one primary breadwinner and then Cody, and those are the two that are bringing in the main incomes, and it's really mostly Janelle, and they moved and now Janelle doesn't have the same job 
and she's the one responsible for the financing and the budgeting and paying everyone's bills, this is a huge, huge burden on her. And it really wouldn't have hurt Mary since these weren't permanent homes, they were just rentals for her to take a smaller space, a two-bedroom house, or maybe even a three-bedroom house, or even an apartment. Why not? How would it have hurt her? She doesn't have those extra kids, and I know she would have loved to have them. I understand that, but how would it really have hurt her if for the family she just sacrificed this for a short period of time to be able to help the financial situation along? I really think it was a little selfish of Mary in this situation. At this point, Janelle has no job. Cody is getting his footing again. They have gone from one household to four separate rental homes with four sets of bills and on and on. And Janelle and Cody are the only two covering it all. And Mary knows she can easily live in a smaller home to take the strain off of the family in that situation. So it is selfish to take the same, to insist on a bigger house, to insist on a pool, knowing how much Janelle or Christine have to suffer to stretch their resources to feed their kids just so Mary can have some extra empty bedrooms or a pool while Janelle is figuring out the cheapest way to budget to feed her kids as Mary is buying an expensive couch or taking an expensive trip or getting the rental with the extra rooms and the pool. If it really is all about the family, there are times, like with the size of her home, knowing she has just one child, where Mary could have sacrificed for the family and just taken a smaller rental house, knowing it would be temporary so that Janelle and Christine could have more to work with that money could go to feeding the kids or things that the kids might need. It wasn't going to go to leisure activities or buying nice things. It would be an investment in the family, and Mary could have sacrificed easily to do that. If Mary took a smaller Vegas rental, that money really could have been invested in the kids. Mary deserves equal. I understand that, and it sucks that she couldn't have more kids. But if Mary is really all about the family, and all she is doing with the extra money is buying things or taking trips as her sister wives and their kids are in a desperate situation, Mary easily could have taken a smaller space, a smaller rental to help the family when things were so desperate. And even though Mary wishes she had more kids, using that as an excuse to take a bigger home that she really doesn't need, that her sister wife is paying for while she is struggling to cover the whole family, that's selfish. Instead of Mary mentioning how she couldn't have more kids and she shouldn't get less because of it, I think it would be more gracious to just take a smaller space to give more to the family and more to the kids in desperate times. I can see why Janelle was resentful, why she was frustrated. And of course Mary deserves equal, but she could also go out and work. They have 20-something kids in a plural family, and now they moved into four households. Money is very tight. Janelle isn't working, bringing in as much as she used to. So could Mary have sacrificed instead of feeling penalized during desperate financial times? Probably, especially if it really was all about the family and all about the kids. Mary wasn't being penalized for not having enough kids. This is a matter of practicality. This is a matter of finances. This isn't about emotions. Mary made it about emotions, but she could have shut that down and sacrificed for the family and taken a smaller rental. It's not a punishment to her. Basically, Mary is punishing her sister wives because they had more kids and that was her dream and she couldn't have those kids. That's what it feels like. Mary may perceive taking a smaller home as being penalized for having less kids, but 
to only house herself and her child, I don't see why she couldn't. She is also penalizing Janelle and Christine, who have the same budget to work with with six kids, by having those empty bedrooms or that nice couch. That just puts a band-aid on her deep wound of not having more kids. It's not penalizing her to have a smaller home, but it penalizes the family. It penalizes the kids. And Janelle and Christine, just so Mary can have the bigger home with those empty rooms as a band-aid when they were really struggling as well. I can understand wanting equal when the money is there or if Mary wants to work, but in times when they really are desperate, when Janelle sacrificed so much, why couldn't Mary also make a sacrifice? Janelle says that when the 30 days are up, if she and Robin can't be financed, then it becomes a crapshoot. They're hustling to get everything done that they need to do. Janelle really isn't thinking about what happens if it doesn't work out. Janelle says because she does so much of the family record keeping, and a lot of this is on her now, she has wondered what would happen if she just decided one day she was done and if she ran away. Because right now, everything is pressing on her, so she thinks maybe she could just run away. And then, she says, her sense of responsibility screams at her that she can't do that. She can't do that to the family. Let's remember that Janelle did leave her family in the past. And here is an excerpt from Becoming Sister Wives where Janelle wrote of her leaving the family the first time. However, after that fight with Mary, I'd had enough. My kids and I stayed with my mother for several months until I found my own place. My job paid a decent salary, which allowed me to buy a better car, in addition to my own home. I started to build a life for myself apart from the sisterhood. I wanted my identity as an individual apart from the family. And to achieve that, I needed my own house. I also knew that if I left our shared space, I wouldn't be leaving the marriage or the family. Cody would have done anything he had to in order to keep us all connected, in one house or many. Soon after I got my own house, I made one of the most important decisions of my life. I went back to school and got a degree in accounting. Getting a degree changed my world. I didn't realize how badly I'd wanted to do something like this. I felt personally and intellectually fulfilled. I was also certain that my career would thrive. This sense that I was taking control of my life and my future gave me invaluable self-confidence. While I was living on my own, I was in no way cut off from the family. After a while, Cody began staying at my house on our nights together. I was also determined that my children should not feel separated from their siblings. So Janelle bought a home, a new car, she got a higher education, she got a job, all on her own. The family needed her financially, but she didn't need them. The family counts on Janelle as their money tree. And the thing is, other than Christine caring for Janelle's kids, it doesn't seem like there was any reciprocation or sacrifice from Mary, Robin, or Cody to Janelle. In fact, when Janelle wanted to build, Cody refused to help. He refused to reciprocate and give back to Janelle. And at that point, I feel Janelle realized she gave all she did and she never got anything back, especially from Cody. Also, Janelle paid for a huge chunk of Robin's goblin's lair. And when Janelle needed to build, 
Cody refused to extend the privilege of the joint family account to her. He refused to help her, citing that she wasn't respecting him. He refused to have the family help her after all she has done for the family. I can't imagine what it feels like to sacrifice and give and give and give and give. And then when you need help, when you need some giving back, some reciprocation, there is none. There's only bullshit and excuses and deflection. I can't imagine what a slap in the face that was for Janelle. And then to be told that she needs to transform herself to be more obedient. This is a patriarchy. And she needs to become more like Robin. She needs to become a Stepford wife and be obedient. It was such a slap in the face and so insulting. Janelle is a woman of intelligence. And the way Cody approached her, the way Cody dealt with her, the way Cody used her with no regard for her when it was time for him to give back really shows the character of this man and how much he used his wives, now ex-wives. Next, the wives and Cody are going to do some promo photos for the website for My Sister Wife's Closet. And Mary explains how for Christmas last year, Robin gave the wives a charm necklace and she designed it. That is going to be the first piece for My Sister Wife's Closet. Janelle explains about the other business that they looked at, the fitness center. And when Janelle presented it to the family, she says the family decided that the startup costs were so significant that they had to put it on hold. Robin explains how they're able to really afford My Sister Wife's Closet because it's an online store. It's an online business. So they had to go to take good photos of the sister wives and Kotex for the website. Shane is the photographer. According to Cody, he's eccentric. Janelle says Shane is very good. He's one of the top photographers in his field. So she was thrilled that they got in with Shane because he is such a creative photographer. Cody doesn't think that he should be in the My Sister Wives closet photos because he doesn't have a sister wife himself. And he wonders why he needs to be in the photos at all. He says, my sister wife's closet is all about women, strong women. It's all about women power, about superwoman. And Cody is having this argument and this discussion with his wives in front of the photographer as he's ready to take photos. Christine explains to Cody that when a woman has a website, when she has a business with a website, her husband is usually always in the photos. According to Christina, if a woman has a business and a website, her husband is always in the photos with her because they are a unit. Now, I know plenty of women that have businesses and when they have photos, it's usually just of them alone. They might have one odd photo of them with their husband and their child, but usually if it's their business, it's just them. But I can understand why they want Cody involved. My Sister Wife's Closet is banking on their celebrity, on their reality show. These women are sister wives because they're all married to Cody. So I can see why it's relevant to have Cody in the photo. Cody says he gets what Christine is saying, but it seems like the whole strong women thing. Sister wives, woman power, superwoman. And he doesn't feel like he needs to be a part of the photos because that's the message behind my sister wife's closet. Robin asks Cody if he is comfortable with them being strong women or not. And she's getting a little sassy. She wants to take control and imply to Cody that if he doesn't cooperate, he isn't comfortable with them as strong women. 
it almost implies that if he isn't comfortable with this, he wouldn't be comfortable in being a man, in being a man comfortable with having strong women as his wives. Robin wants to nip this in the bud. Now, my question is, why didn't they discuss this at home before they're in front of the photographer? Why is Cody doing this in front of the photographer wasting his time? It's super unprofessional. Cody tells Robin that he is starting to think that it's crazy that he is a part of the My Sister Wives closet photograph. Christine thinks that it's crazy that Cody thinks it's crazy because they already decided Cody is going to be in the photos. The wives are getting pissed. Cody thinks it's about strong women, so he doesn't want to be a part of it. It almost feels like Cody's attitude is about him feeling emasculated by being in this photo. Christine wants this discussion over with. She wants to take the pictures and decide later because they look great. They're here and she is getting sweaty. The wives are chuckling at Cody. They're laughing at him. And if looks could kill, Kotex would be a murderer. He is pissed about this. After Robin puts Cody in his place, then Christine adds on to that and Cody gets this look like he's about to blow. And I put that photo of Cody in the thumbnail if you guys want a reference. Cody says, with my sister wife's closet and the strong women theme, he thinks him being there makes him look like some pool boy, like some kind of boy toy. He says it's awkward. Robin uses some of her best customer service here on Kotex so he doesn't melt down. She tells Cody it's either that or the complete opposite and Cody is just so masculine that he can stand there with them. Robin really schmoozes Cody here. She's really using her best customer service. She tells Cody it's like the guy who can pull off and wear the pink shirt if he's able to take this photograph with them. Um, there is no way in hell Cody is that guy that can pull off the pink shirt ever. Robin says that when you see four women hanging out with one guy, he's either checking out the guys too, or he is a ladies man or something. I'd say or something. Next, Robin says that Cody is really good with women. And then she laughs and she stops herself and she says that sounds bad. But Cody is delighted. He's laughing. He's grinning ear to ear. When Robin says he's good with the ladies, I think in Cody's mind, he really thinks he's an alpha male. Grr, ladies man. So basically, Robin builds Cody up and lets him know how masculine he is. He can pull off the pink shirt. And Cody went there with no intention to be in the photo. I think he felt it was emasculating for him when the message is strong women behind my sister wife's closet. And I don't think he mentioned to his wives before this that he wasn't down and he tried to back out last minute in front of the photographer trying to use car salesman his way out of it. And Cody's wives didn't let him. Cody obviously isn't confident in his identity and in his masculinity. If Cody has an issue being in this photo because the brand message is strong women, the fact that he sees it as emasculating and he doesn't want to do it, says it all. Add that to Cody's excitement over couches and his constant need to self-proclaim that he's an alpha male, and this is a patriarchy, and this guy has some serious, serious confidence issues and a lot of self-doubt in who he is. If Cody were confident, he would have no problem taking the photo. 
If Cody thinks he looked like a boy toy or a pool boy for these women, he is delusional. He's no eye candy, and he certainly could never pull off wearing a pink shirt. The sister wives and Cody take a bunch of photos with Mary and Janelle next to Cody, and Mary stops the photographer. Mary lets the photographer know that they need other photos because she and Janelle can't always be the ones next to Cody in the pictures. And the photographer seems annoyed. He asks if that represents favoritism. And Cody says yes. And the photographer says as soon as he thought he had finished his shot, there was an issue. Why didn't they just tell the photographer ahead of time, we're going to need alternating shots with different wives next to Cody so that there's no favoritism. Just let him know ahead of time. This whole thing is a shit show. The wives didn't let the photographer know that they need different shots with different wives next to Cody. Cody didn't cement in his mind before going there that he was going to be in the photo and he had to have this argument in front of the professional photographer that's supposed to be the best in his field. This is embarrassing. This is unprofessional. Mary points out to the photographer Cody's first, second, third, and fourth wives and Mary tells the guy that they have to have a variety and if they are taking several shots with each of the wives, the wives need to be in different positions next to Cody or away from him. So this photographer, in my opinion, needs to charge double. Robin tells the photographer that it's equal opportunity. Well, in the end, they're only going to be using one photograph on the website. So really, why does it matter? I'd be so annoyed if I was the photographer. Shane, the photographer, explains that the outsiders, the wives on the outside away from Cody, wanted equal respect because those are four separate individual lifestyles and they are each given their equal time. Shane took several shots and he says, it ranks up there as far as different structures that he is not used to. But once the wives and Cody explained their reasoning, he adapted to what they wanted. The photographer says he feels like he is watching a season of 90210 since there is one guy surrounded by four women. Cody loves it. His face brightens up like a light bulb. He loves that ego feast. Cody Brown is no Luke Perry, not even the Walmart version. Cody explains that he needs to be diminished here. It's the family business, but he says it's really more of a women's focus. So next, Shane, the photographer, does photos of just the four women to show the strong relationships and how close they all are, according to Robin. Shane pumps the ladies up. He says it's like... If they are feeling wonderful and confident, what it would be if it was just their portrait, their individual portrait. He wants them to feel that way when he takes this picture. Robin says they really wanted to show the differences between the four of the women. And she says if you take a photo of just the four of them, you can just visually see how different they are just from the photograph. One thing about my sister wife's closet is the fact that the wives are so different And she says, because the four women are so different and they have such different tastes, it is a very special experience. It's great for my sister wife's closet. Otex thinks it's wonderful that they are taking this huge step for the family in building my sister wife's closet to help finance the homes and build a financial future for their family. My sister wife's closet, of course, became a liability and it wasn't something that really helped the family finance as much from what we see. Next, 
Maddie and her friends hang out on the strip and Maddie explains how important her new Vegas friends are to her. She trusts them and they aren't bad kids. Maddie says having good friends, having people who have her back is important because she really doesn't like it here in Vegas. So if the people are actually genuine, it helps. It makes it better. Janelle explains that when she told Maddie that they were moving, it was horrible. And Janelle will never forget because Maddie told her mom, I'm not moving. You can't make me. And Janelle really felt like a failure as a mother at that point. But Janelle is so glad that Maddie has found a few close friends in Vegas. Cody, Janelle, and Maddie are sitting in confessional. And Cody asks Maddie if she misses Utah a lot. Maddie looks to be on the verge of tears. She won't even make eye contact with her dad. She's just looking in her lap. She's looking straight ahead. And she nods yes. Cody asks Maddie if she still wants to move back to Utah. And Maddie doesn't know. As Cody is trying to interact with Maddie, he's asking her questions. She just looks down. She nods. She barely answers. She isn't engaging with Cody at all. She seems very frustrated. She seems angry. She seems emotional. And it seems like she's not getting along that well with Cody during this scene. I wonder what happened before this scene. Janelle asks Maddie if she thinks having these homes will be great for her to have her friends over since they're going to have plenty of room. Savannah won't be knocking, interrupting Maddie and her friends all the time. And Maddie says if they get the home, she will at least have her friends over more. So Maddie and her friends go ziplining. Maddie is excited. Her friends are scared. Maddie is super adventurous. I don't think she's scared of anything. Maddie says her friends aren't the type of girls to be at a party with a keg. They're the type of girls you would see sitting at home watching movies. Maddie doesn't drink and she doesn't want to be sloppy and she says girls who drink all the time are sloppy. Maddie has seen a lot of girls who screw up their lives and she doesn't want to be like that. Janelle says if she would have had half the backbone Maddie has at her age, she would be a completely different person and it would be amazing. Janelle explains that Maddie isn't making the decision not to drink because she was brainwashed on some religious point of view that she shouldn't drink. Cody says Maddie isn't brainwashed at all about the religion. Maddie's friends ask Maddie if she would ever consider the polygamous lifestyle. And Maddie says she wouldn't be happy with it. She wouldn't be able to share her husband. It wouldn't make her happy. Cody asks Maddie why she doesn't want to be a part of their religion. And Maddie responds that she doesn't want to share her husband. She doesn't think it's for her. At this, Janelle and Cody look at each other with disappointment. They're very disappointed. And they don't say anything, but you can just tell from the way they're looking at each other. Cody tells Maddie that she can still be in their faith and not be a polygamist. Maddie's friend asks Maddie if she thinks that Leo or Logan or any of her siblings will live the polygamous lifestyle. And Maddie at this point thinks that Leo will, but she makes it clear it doesn't appeal to her at all. And Maddie stresses again, at all. She wants it made clear she wants it known polygamy isn't for her. Maddie says in confessional with her mom and dad there that she isn't like Leo. She says she hangs out with the kids that kind of do party a little bit. Some of them do. And Cody seems concerned. He asks her, really? And Maddie says some of them. And Maddie makes clear that Leo hangs out with a bunch of Mormons and she doesn't. Maddie's not down for that. 
Maddie says she told her parents she doesn't want to be a polygamist. And she says any parents would be upset when their child doesn't choose their religion. Her parents are supportive, though. They don't care. She says it's about whatever makes her happy. And Cody explains that he teaches his kids to have a strong relationship with God. And he says each individual has to figure that out themselves. Cody says it's an anchor to keep you from going to the dark side. People make mistakes, and he says it leads to unhappiness. So having religion, having a relationship with God, prevents people from making mistakes and going to the dark side, and it leads to unhappiness unless they have a relationship with God. Cody says that's all, and he tells Maddie he just wants her to be happy. Maddie says, okay, dismissively, she's rolling her eyes. You can tell she's not having it. Next, Robin introduces us to Terralise, her baby sister, who is also her nanny, who lives with her to help Robin take care of her kids while she works. Now, this is before Mindy, pre-Mindy, Robin had Terralise. And if they get the homes, Terralise will move in with Robin there. So Terralise is watching the kids As Cody and Robin head to a debt specialist, the lawyer referred her to. But Robin says the lawyer referred the debt specialist to her. Of course, because Robin is a celebrity. She's an A-list star. She gets referred to people. People don't get referred to her. The debt specialist, Harry, is talking to Robin's creditors. He is trying to settle her debt. It takes time. So Harry has his work cut out for him. Cody tells cameras, help me, Harry Jacobs. You are my only hope. Robin explains that with the way her credit is now, she won't qualify. She has a bunch of old debt that is in collections from her divorce, and she assumed that debt, the responsibility of the debt, in order to keep the peace in the divorce. She wasn't going to sit and fight it out in court, so now she has to deal with it. Harry explains that Robin has a considerable amount of debt that is owed. The clock is ticking on that and the debt grows as time moves on. Of course, interest. Robin says she wasn't able to do anything about this debt up until now because she was a single mom working before and she couldn't do it then. She didn't have the means and she moved from Montana to Utah and she lived with her mom for nine months with her kids, and she was working the whole time. Eventually, she got an apartment, and there was no extra money to take care of this debt that she took responsibility for. I love how she makes it seem like none of the debt is hers, and all of it is her husband's, and she just took it on, and now she's burdened by it. Oh, just to keep the peace, because she's coming in an angel, cap in hand. Totally innocent. None of the spending was hers. Harry spotted a card, a credit line that Robin owes about 4000 on. And it was the first thing that caught Harry's eye because it's really affecting Robin's credit score in the most negative way. Because Robin isn't going to get a home loan with any collection over 1000 Harry contacted the company and he made an agreement with them to settle the debt. So they will delete it from Robin's credit profile. Robin was shocked and she is looking for a miracle. And she says Harry has maybe pulled it off. Cody says they are still really struggling over whether they will qualify for these homes. They don't know, but Robin feels this is a big deal 
to do this on such short notice. This account was a big one. There is major work ahead of them and they are still hanging in the wind. They need to get Robin's credit score to 600. If they don't, this is all over. Robin says, because there is this stereotype among people that if you are in collections, then you are lazy and you're trying to get away with something, that she has felt ashamed that she has this debt in collections. And Harry mentions how Robin has been off the radar. He explains how Robin has three different last names in her credit report. And Robin assures Harry that was just an accident. She didn't mean to. She wasn't trying to avoid anything. She has been off the radar, and this is her reasoning, just because she was trying to sever ties between herself and her ex. Really, she is so worried about her ex finding her. She's worried about severing ties, about keeping safe. She's going off the radar. And she had all those aliases, all those last names, and all those lines of credit and different names. And it wasn't to get out of her financial dilemma. It was to escape her husband, to stay off the radar. But then she goes and she does a very public TV show. If this woman really feared her ex and she desperately wanted to stay hidden and cut ties, why is she on a TV show exactly? Robin says that when these debts went into collection, she would have collection agencies call her and tell her, I need you to pay just this much, pay something. And she would tell them they don't understand Every dime she has, she needed desperately to take care of her kids. She didn't have anything else. She had to live in a trailer with no heat. She had to build fires in a wood stove. And as Robin recounts this, Cody is buying it hook, line, and sinker. He is looking into Robin's eyes. You could tell he's getting emotional. It really distresses him that his favorite wife, the favorite had to go through so much struggle. Oh, where is that emotion for Christine when she had to go to Isabel's surgery alone? Or for Mary? Or for Janelle when Janelle was really struggling and really needed his help? Cody makes excuses. He feels no emotion for any of his other wives and their suffering. He really doesn't feel much. But when it comes to Robin, oh my God, he is like right there in tune, feeling it deeply. Robin says it was really, really bad times. Every dime she made went into taking care of these kids and she couldn't squeeze any more out to take care of this debt at all. Her first priority was just having a roof over her kids' heads, having food in their bellies and electricity. And Robin was struggling just to pay those bills. She says when those collection agencies called, she would say she was a single working mom She has nothing. She doesn't have anything for them. She wishes she did, but she just doesn't. Harry wonders if Robin will get approved for the construction loan. He really doesn't know if she will be able to improve her credit score enough. Three wives might get approved and Robin may not. And it's a problem the family won't be able to recover from. Next, over at Mary's, Cody is trying on jackets as Leo is getting ready. Cody is very proud of Leo. They are a good student and a good kid. Mary doesn't know why she was blessed with such a good kid. Leo is going to their NHS induction, National Honor Society induction. Leo says it's for smart people. And Cody now believes because Leo got in that they could actually become a doctor now. 
now that he sees Leo could get really good grades, he bets that there isn't a doctor out there who wasn't a member of the National Honor Society. Cody says he would have loved to be in the National Honor Society himself in high school, but he was too busy being stupid. Do you guys remember when Cody said he was going to be a licensed real estate agent in a month, if not sooner, to his friends in Wyoming? He was adamant there were so many opportunities. There are so many things left and right, and he was just going to go get his license. And then Janelle and Christine were going to pursue getting their real estate license. And Cody took one look at the book and he said, no fucking way. I'm not doing that. So there's no way in hell Cody would be able to get his grades to the point where he could be in the National Honor Society. I don't even know if Cody could handle one AP class. He took one look at the real estate book and he refused to apply himself. And he just decided that that was a no-go. So... Leo thinks being a member of the National Honor Society will look good on college applications. So Leo is going to go back to Utah for college. They are looking at going to the University of Utah because they have a really great medical program there. Ever since Leo was little, they always thought it would be cool to be a doctor. And they say that just because they want to be a fundamentalist Mormon and they will have sister wives... It doesn't mean they can't be a doctor. Leo explains they aren't just open to the idea of having sister wives. They insist they will have sister wives. A lot has changed, obviously. What's nice about this ceremony is a lot of the family shows up for Leo. And Leo explains that one of the main reasons they want to go back to Utah is their church. Their church is in Utah, and that's where all of their people are. Cody is going to miss Leo, but he says it's perfectly within the realm of reason for Leo to want to be closer to the religious community. So Cody is good with it, and it makes Mary sad because she won't be moving with Leo. She'll be alone, and she complains that she'll be an official empty nester. Leo points out that Mary can choose whether or not she will be an empty nester. Leo says they hope their mom isn't an empty nester when they leave. They hope their mom takes Robin up on her offer to be a surrogate. Leo gets very emotional about this. They start crying and they say that as long as they can remember, they have prayed every night that God would bless their mom, all of them really, with another baby. Leo feels like Mary has this choice and they feel like if Mary chooses not to take it, then their mom is taking something away from all of them. Mary is now tearing up too. Leo feels like if it's there sitting in front of you, why not take it? Leo loves all of their siblings, but they feel like it would be different and better maybe if it were their own bio sibling. And Mary asks, so you just want somebody to call your own? And Leo explains all of their siblings are theirs but they feel like they are missing out on not having biological siblings. Mary tells Leo that she still hasn't made a decision. She needs Leo to give her more time to figure it out. Mary doesn't know what to say about all of this. She apologizes to Leo, who is very emotional. Leo gets up from the confessional couch, and Mary breaks down, saying that this is more stress than she wanted this to be. Cody mentions to Mary how she talked about talking to her sister about this, and he suggests that maybe Mary make that step. 
Cody tells Mary he's with Leo. Sometimes he just doesn't see why this is so hard. Cody tells Mary that everybody here is trying to support her and Mary is crying. She just doesn't know what she wants and she can't talk about this anymore. Cody is frustrated. Mary is in tears. Leo is in tears. They walked off. Over at Janelle's, everyone is meeting to go over and see Mona to finally get the news on whether they qualify or not. Christine is very, very, very nervous about what Mona will say. She has high hopes again, very high hopes, and she just wants to be together in these homes. That's all she wants. Christine now feels like a single mom. She feels like she has to do everything on her own, and she says that is not what she signed up for. Christine says being a family and the family moving to Vegas was to make sure that they stayed together as a family, and so far the family hasn't stayed together, and she is tired of it. Janelle is worried that the dream will be crushed today. She says she has to be very practical and she knows this is a big long shot for them. At the meeting, they are all incredibly nervous. Mona, the realtor, adds to the suspense. And now, mind you, she has the four letters. She knows all the wives have been approved at this point, but she tells them that they need to talk about something they never discussed. What would happen if only three of the wives qualify. And hearing that, Robin's heart sank. It made for great TV. Robin says her heart sank because not a single one of them wants to be the reason this didn't work out. Cody says they all have to be able to get a home or else it doesn't work. So if they don't get the four homes and they can only get three, it just won't work. Mona reminds them that she told them, she told all of them that they have to be really careful with late payments. And she asks if they have all kept their credit good. Cody says he is sure that they all have. And here, Christine lets the cat out of the bag. Christine confesses that she has had a couple of late payments for her car and also for her water bill because it skipped her mind. She just forgot all about it. How the hell do you forget bills, especially when there is even auto pay and you know the family is riding on this and the credit situation is precarious and having late payments affects the credit score. The money is there. How do you just forget to pay your bill? I like Christine, but how could she be so irresponsible as to just forget about these payments, knowing how important it is? You can do auto pay. You can do paperless billing. You can do reminders. In some cases, you can even set your preferred due dates with certain things. So how could she have late payments? I know Christine never had to pay bills in her life, but this is a really big deal. Christine didn't pay her water bill, and it was a small bill, so she says she just forgot about it. Christine apologizes to the family, and she says she's sorry that she may have ruined this for everybody. Cody assures Christine that it's crazy that she's worried about that. Her water bill isn't their problem. Cody knows the major problem is Robin with the three aliases and the debt up to her eyeballs, who is by now mid to late 30s, who has a credit score below 600. Cody explains that their real issue is whether he, Janelle, and Robin qualify. And Christine explains that this is why she is stressed out about it. Her credit isn't an issue, so now she worries that her late payments will be the problem. Cody asks Christine if she is afraid that they're all going to point their fingers at her. 
Mona gives Cody and Mary their letters. Cody and Mary are approved for financing, and when Mona handed them their letters, Mary thought, one down, three to go. Next, Janelle gets her letter, and Janelle is approved. Janelle is surprised. Janelle was surprised it wasn't her holding them back. Christine gets her letter next. She is approved. Christine says she has failed at too many things in life. She has been overweight her whole life and she feels she failed with that. And there are lots of things where she feels like she is failing right now. So being approved was huge. To be able to get the approval of such a big thing means a lot. Now, when Christine says she failed at so many things... First of all, she's definitely not overweight. Look at how wonderful Christine looks now. And even back then, I think in Christine's mind, she pictured that she's like 400 pounds, like body dysmorphia. And really, she was maybe had a couple extra pounds. But I think Christine is vibrant. She's radiant. She's beautiful at any weight. And she lost all the weight and she looks amazing. She looks vibrant. She ages and the more she ages, she looks better and better and better and better. I don't know how she does it. She once referred to Robin as the trophy wife. I think Christine is the trophy wife. Christine didn't fail. And I think she feels like she failed at so many things. I think she's almost alluding to her marriage. I think she feels like her marriage is a failure. And now look at the life she created for herself. She left Cody. She looks beautiful. She moved to Utah where she wants to be. She found herself a fiance. She is very happy. She's living her best life. She's doing great. She is not a failure. She's a success. Look at how far Christine has come. She should be so proud of herself. And I think a lot of viewers are very, very happy for her, me included. I think she's doing amazing. She grew a lot, and I think she has a very strong voice. She uses it. She's a strong, independent woman, and I think she's a role model for a lot of women out there, and I think that she's doing an amazing job. And also, she's an amazing mother. She is the heart of the Brown family. And all of the kids love and respect her and adore her so much. Janelle adores Christine so much. So she is a wonderful person. She's a wonderful nurturer, a wonderful mother. She's a strong woman. And a lot of women would look up to Christine, including me. She is no failure. Look at how much more confident Christine is today, taking control of her life. Look at how much more self-worth she has. Look at how she built her life the way that she wanted it. And I think it's amazing. And she found love. And I think that's wonderful. That's a blessing. And everyone loves to see a success story. And Christine is the embodiment of that. Robin is the last to get her letter. She's in tears. And she didn't want her past marriage to affect this family. And she was 100% sure she wasn't getting an approval letter. She was waiting for the blow once again. She says once again, she felt like she caused another problem in her life. Mary feels with every letter Mona hands out, the tension rises even more. Robin says she was livid. All the old hurts went to the surface when she was waiting for approval and she shoved all those old hurts down. She gritted her teeth and she said she doesn't care what happens. This is not affecting this family Some way, somehow, if she doesn't get approved, they are still getting these houses. She doesn't care what happens. She will do whatever it takes. Does she mean like get a job? Words are nice, but what about action? Robin gets approved by the skin of her teeth. Cody is in shock that they all got approved. Cody just couldn't believe it. 
Janelle is moving money around in her head, planning for the next step. Robin is looking at the letter of approval. She wants to frame it. She was ecstatic. She was happy, she says. Mary got emotional. A few of them did. Mary couldn't believe this was real and that they finally moved on to the next step. Mona tells the Browns as long as they get their contracts in and they make all the structural option selections, they will be able to start construction in five weeks. Mona is still nervous. They're not in the clear. They have a long way to go still, and she thinks she really put the fear of God in them. Hopefully, she says, just because they have this today, it doesn't mean they will have the same pre-approval at closing. Cody asks if they can be in the homes before Christmas. Right away, Cody's making demands. Mona says if the builder can do it, he will. Cody knows that the kids will be excited. They get to show the kids the houses, the pieces of land, and that will be when the kids actually believe it. Cody takes his whole family to see the houses. Hunter, Leo, Maddie, Logan, and Aspen are in confessional now. And Maddie says their parents say that they got the houses, but, and Hunter interrupts her. Hunter says, That's what they say on everything. And then the next day you find out they weren't even close. Leo thinks they got the homes. Maddie kind of thinks so too. Logan thinks it's more than likely that this time they will get the homes at this point. Cody shows his kids the model home and where the homes will be. Cody thought before they showed them the house, they should maybe sedate the kids. Because he feared their excitement would get something broken in the model home. But he says turning the kids loose in the house, getting them excited with all that energy of, I can have this room, you could take this room, we'll play here in this room. That was great for him. Maddie is excited for these four homes. She is excited to have her room, to be able to paint her walls. And Cody says to have the kids imagine and actually take a little bit of ownership What a relief it is. Cody shows the kids where each mom will live. And Cody says the kids have really bought into being here. They're okay with it. And these homes are the capstone of that. Mary says it's been a long time coming, but the kids are handling being here really well. Cody says they have a lot of work ahead of them, but this one moment is such a relief. What a relief. What a blessing. And Cody feels like yelling, hallelujah. Compare this Cody, Cody calling his family and these homes his blessing, his relief, wanting to yell hallelujah from the mountaintops to later seasons when Cody's blessings, his family, what should be his ultimate goal, he refers to as the obstacles to his goals in life. When Cody stopped seeing his family as his blessing, when he started viewing them as a burden, an obstacle to his goals in life, that's when it really all disintegrated. And it's not because his wives weren't loyal or his kids were selfish narcissists or because of the Rona. The reason Cody's family disintegrated is Cody and Cody alone. And the man said it best when he said, he is an enigma, only he can understand. That does it for this episode. To my YouTube viewers, please like, subscribe, and let me know your thoughts in the comments section if you like. To my podcast listeners, Don't forget to follow this podcast and give it all the stars in the universe wherever you listen. I'll be back next week with the next episode of My Sister Wives Rewatch, Season 5, Episode 2, Cody Begs for an Answer. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Bye.